Grandad don't even talk about. <laughs> I was drunk. I couldn't even drive home. Tiffany had to drive to the uh, drive us to the hotel. Ooh, isn't God good? But how many know that's what we live for? I mean, no, there's no high like the most high. <laughs> Amen. Before I start my message, I want to finish because I got, because, you know, it kind of bothers me when I go down a, a, a path and forget where I was going, but the glory of God was. So I started talking about the post office last night. How many remember that? And so, so I'm sitting there and they flashed something and I thought, well, okay, that might be it. But then I remember today. Because I was talking about paying the price. Everybody say paying the price. So there's one time I was out on the ride. It was a hot, sunny day, real hot, sunny day. And, and I actually forgot my water. And so I went to uh, deliver mail to this one lady's house. And she said, hey, mailman, you look, you know, kind of dry and thirsty. You want something to drink? I said, oh, yeah, well, I would love that. And so she come, She went inside. She come out. And she came out with a, uh, a 64 ounce quick trip cup, I mean, you know, that's 64, and it was like dirty on the outside, and I'm sitting there going, boy, I hope it's not dirty on the inside, I mean, I understand what I'm talking about, I'm sitting there hoping that, and so she hands it to me, and it was dirty on the inside, and it had floaties in it, do you guys know where this is going? So I'm standing there with this dilemma. Amen. And the Lord spoke to me and said, do you not offend her? She's giving you the best that she had. And I said, okay, what does that let that mean? He says, you need to drink it. I mean, I know sometimes that you're having conversations with the Lord without, you know, and so this, I said, okay, Lord, help me do 64 ounces without stopping. Because how many know once you start drinking and you feel them floaties going down your throat, it's like you just want to kind of shut down and not drink no more. So I said, Lord, you need to help me do this because I want to pay the price. Everybody say to pay the price. You know, because I don't know what's going on in her life. I mean, I understand what I'm talking You don't know what's going on in anybody's life. You know it. So I did. I drank 64 ounces down straight. I felt every floaty go through my throat. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. And so I drank it, and she said, you want some more? I said, oh, no. I said, no. So the Lord, so the Lord didn't have me do another one. But how many know you can't, when the Lord says don't offend someone, you don't offend them? I mean, she was giving me the best that she had because I deliver mail in the worst part of town. I mean, the real worst, you know, worst part of town, and so... I don't know, you know, I, I, I try not to judge anything, amen, but that's where I was going. So how many of you want to pay that type of price? <laughs> no, how many of you want to pay that price? You remember Dave Hogan? You remember him? He, he told them Brownsvilleites, you know, down there, he said, yeah, you guys got a nice little thing going on. You remember you used to always say that, you got a nice little thing going on here. But he said, if you're going to come down to me and you're going to minister with me, this is what he said, he said, you're going to eat dirt burritos. I mean, never you know what a dirt burrito is. It's a, it's a burrito shell with dirt in it. Because he said, that's all they have to give us. And we will not offend us. You know, we will not be offensive in people. And I thought, 
Whew. I may have ate mud pies when I was a little kid. I mean, what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyway, isn't God good? I do feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. I hope you don't think my message is, is, is a deter anyway, you know, from, from, from the conference. Amen. But I do know that, I, I, that the Lord gave me this word because a lot of people wants to get to what we call Bethel. They want to have a mighty, mighty move of God in their own lives. They want to experience them, their own self. I mean, how many of you really desire that with everything inside of you? Amen. How many of you, when you hear other people talk, you go, man, I wish I had that? You know? So I wanted to do a message, you know, tonight. I, 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 I title it The Sins of Others. Okay? And what I mean by that, okay, what I mean by that, listen to me, it's not that our past sins are still affecting us. I'm here thankful for the blood. I'm here thankful you're forgiven. Amen? So, so it's not necessarily that... It's our past sins that keeps on affecting us. You know, they are forgiving. Thank the Lord for that. But it's the sins of what others have done to us. Amen. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, son, a lot of people want to get to Bethel. They want to get to the place so where they can be in the glory of the Lord and be a carer of the glory of the Lord. But, but they, have, they have had things that have happened to them in their past that just keeps on allowing the enemy to mess with them. Amen. So if this is not for everybody, if it's just for one, thank God it's for the one. Amen. But it's the sins of others, of what others have done to us that are affecting us. Amen. They are what is making life seem unfair. Amen. I mean, I understand what I'm talking about. They are what seems to cause us to think that life has been unfair. Amen. These sins and the, uh, that others have done to us is what, listen to me, listen to me real good. This, these sins of what others have done to us and the effects of what they have done to us, this is what keeps oppressing us, depressing us, and even holding us captive. Amen. It is through the sins of others that the enemy finds access into our lives and sometimes constant access into our lives. Amen. Listen to me. Just like we were singing a song, there's healing in the glory. Healing in the glory. I tell you, if you heard one story down at Brownsville, you heard a hundred stories down there of how God healed and restored people in their emotions. Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? How many have ever had someone do you wrong? Some people have had people do them really, really wrong. Amen. There's a lot of people that lives even today. They want the presence of God. They want to enjoy the presence of God. They feel the presence of God. And then all of a sudden, it's like it's not there no more. And the Lord showed me that, that, that what, what people have done to people causes them to, to kind of like... Just that thing just leaves them because the effect of what others have done on them. Amen? There's a lot of people that have grown up in abusive situations. And I'm talking about any type of abuse that you can talk about. Physical, verbal, sexual, whatever type of, 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 of abuse that the person can go through. Amen? And, and, and what people have done to us 
can still be affecting us. We're saved, we're on our way to heaven, but we need the Lord to come and heal us of that. <laughs> we have forgiven them, but we need the Lord to come and heal us from that. Amen? So I want to talk to you about, uh, 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 in Scripture, of, of a man named, this is the only way I know how to pronounce his name, so forgive me if it's wrong, but his name is Mephibosheth. Amen? So if you'll open up with me to Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 4. Because I feel the glory of the Lord, amen. Whew. You know, some children, they grow up in homes, and all of a sudden that home is crushed. That home is destroyed because the enemy got in there, and all of a sudden their parents is divorced. And they got to live with the effects of that. You know, wondering why, why, why my family, why my family is different than any other type of family, Amen. There, 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 there's wives that, that have had their husbands kind of like cheat on them and, and destroy the marriage and everything. There's all types of things. And I can go through a list of things, amen? Just, just a list of things. I was a young boy growing up, and, and, and I actually had two uh, older gentlemen than me that tried to do stuff to me. Thank God it didn't, wasn't successful, but how many know that you just have things that happen to you? Amen. And they can still be affecting your life. But I'm here to let you know God has 100, 1,000% freedom for you. Woo, I feel that. And I'm just believing that tonight that you get freedom from that. I'm just believing that tonight you get totally healed and restored from that. Amen? Just totally healed to where it doesn't even bother you no more. It doesn't even affect you no more. And the effects of what others have done on you is broken off of you. Amen? So 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, we're going to be talking about uh, a, a man named Mephibosheth. Okay, listen to this story. Jonathan, Saul's son. I mean, remember Jonathan and King Saul. Jonathan, Saul's son, Saul's son, had a son who was lame in his feet. Everybody say he was lame. But let's, it's going to tell us how he was lame in his feet. He was lame in his feet when he was five years old. Okay, listen to this. When he was five years old, he was five years old when the news about Saul, King Saul, and Jonathan, his father, came from Jezreel, and his nurse took him up and fled, and it happened as she made haste to flee, to flee that he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. Listen to me, listen to me real good. Mephibosheth was King Saul's grandson. He was Jonathan's son. Mephibosheth was living in the palace. Mephibosheth was living, Mephibosheth had everything, okay? In, in fact, listen, he, he, he also was in, in line to be the next king if something happened to King Saul and if something happened to his father, uh, Jonathan, amen? But all of a sudden, Jonathan and King Saul died in battle, amen? The word came that, that, that they had died, one of the nurses of Mephibosheth you know, picked him up and started running to flee from him because back in that day, they were fearful if a new king come into power that they would go and wipe out all of the, the, the family members of the former king. So they took off running. So when they took off running, she actually dropped him, amen, and he became lame, listen to me, all because of what someone else did. Listen to me, he should have been able to grow up in the palace. 
Amen. He should have, he should have been able to not have be lame in his feet. He should have still been able to run and play and jump. How many understand what I'm talking about? I want to lay this down for you, what happened to him, okay? It wasn't his fault. Everybody say it wasn't his fault. Everybody say to yourself, it wasn't my fault. You really need to say that to you. You need to say it wasn't my fault. Because a lot of times the enemy wants to make you think it was your fault on what happened to you. Amen? And you need to say it wasn't my fault. It wasn't Mephibosheth's fault. What happened to him, what caused him to be lame for the rest of his life was, was of what his father and his grandfather, King Saul and Jonathan, did. Amen? Amen? But I mean, no, God is a God of restoration. Woo, I feel this. How many of you want to be fully restored? No, no, no. How many of you want to be fully restored? No, no. How many of you really want to be fully restored? Amen? Listen to me. I don't know how he does it. I just know he does it. <laughs> you know, when I minister to some people, they're looking at me. I don't think God can give me back what I lost. And I have to look at them and say, I don't know how, but I know he can. Amen? I mean, understand what I'm talking about. Because some people, some people grow up in life and they lost their innocent, innocence at an early age. Amen? But God is the restorer of that. And they look at you like, how is he, how is he going to give that back to me? I don't know how. I just know he will. Amen? I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? So now Mephibosheth is, 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 has to flee the palace. You know, he gets dropped and, and, and all the stuff and caused him to be lame. But, but God, listen to me, God knows where you are at. Amen? I want to let you know you are on God's radar. <laughs> Amen? How many of you know that you are on God's radar? Because listen to this. All of a sudden, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 9, okay? 2 Samuel chapter 9. Now David's king. And how many know David is a type of Christ in the Bible, in the Old Testament, amen? So David is king. All of a sudden, David's sitting there one day, and this is what I said. Now David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. All of a sudden, you know that God had to put this on his heart. Amen. All of a sudden, he says, is there anyone left of the house of Saul that I can show my kindness to because I made a covenant with Jonathan? Amen. He made a covenant with Jonathan. He says, is there anyone left? Because I want to show them kindness. And there was, let's keep on reading, there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when he had called him to David, the, the king said to him, are you Ziba? He said, at your service. Then the king said, is there, is there not still someone from the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, there's still a son of Jonathan who is lame at his feet. Now he's a grown man. Everybody say he's a grown man. He's a grown man. So the king said, where is he? Ziba said to the king, indeed, he's in the house of Makar in the, in, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's in Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Okay? Remember that name. As we, then David sent and brought him 
out of the house and from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here's your servant. Okay? Let me start, stop right there for just a moment. Everybody say Lodabar. Amen. What happens to us is when we have been affected by the sins of others, it sends us into a place called Lodabar. Okay? Lodabar is translated as three different things that you find in Lodabar. First of all, it's a place of no pasture. Amen? It's a place where there's no fruitfulness. Amen? It's a place to where, where there's a lot more lack than there is plenty. Listen to me. He went from the king's palace, eating the best food, wearing the best clothes, the best bed. He went to there to a place that was barren. Amen? Listen to me. When people do us wrong, it sends us to a place of barrenness. Amen. It sends us to a Lodabar. It's a place where there's no fruitfulness. It's a place where it's hard to keep on living. It's a place where it's hard to keep on existing. Amen. It's a place to where you got to, in a sense, you got to scratch out the best way you can every day just to survive. Amen. He was in a place of plenty to a place of great lack. Amen. That's one thing that Lodabar means. Everybody say Lodabar. Another thing that Lodabar means, it means a place of no voice. Amen. All of a sudden, he lost every voice around him. He lost the voice of his grandfather. He lost the voice of his father. He lost the voice of his mother. All of a sudden, there, was, there wasn't the, 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 all of a sudden, he lost voices that are around. And listen to me, a lot of times when, when people have done things wrong to us, we, we, it's hard to hear the voices that we need to hear, amen? Certain voices that we should be able to hear, we can't hear them no more because of what has happened to us, amen? Not only was he driven from plenty to extreme lack, he was driven from pleasant voices to voices that wasn't pleasant. Because how I many know when, you, when someone has done you wrong, a lot of times you and I gravitate to other people that have been done wrong and we all sit around and tell our stories. Have you ever shared your story with someone? Amen. Have you ever shared the deep, dark secrets of that story with anyone? Amen. So you're not hearing the, the, the sounds that you're supposed to be hearing because of what other people have done to you. Amen? Amen? And then another thing that Lodabar means, it means a place of no communication. Amen? It means a place to where you don't get any type of hope at all. Amen? There, there, there's no communication coming to you of hope. There, 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 there's no one there trying to build you up and trying to lift you up and trying to give you hope to get out of this place, amen? Because if there's other people in Lodabar, they don't even know how to get out of them themselves. Amen? 
Are you guys following me on this? Because I feel the presence of the Lord on this. I just feel God is just going to do something incredible in our emotions, amen? He's going to do something incredible to restore everything that we have lost, amen? So there's no communication, that, and, and, and the communication that it's referring to, there isn't much hope in Lodabar. A lot of people aren't, aren't, aren't talking about getting out of Lodabar. In fact, they're, 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 there's no, no even, even a thought of that, amen, because they know what has happened to them. They're going to be stuck with it for the rest of their lives. Amen? Everybody say Lodabar. But thank God. Everybody say thank God. Because all of a sudden, God taps David's heart and said, you need to do something for me. Amen? Amen? How many know that Jesus told the disciples, he said, listen to me, I have to go to Samaria. And they're going, whoa, 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 we don't even go to Samaria. The Jewish people would go, do, would they, they would track around and go, go a longer distance and not go through Samaria because they looked down on the Samaritans. Because the Samaritans were Jewish people that, that, that uh, married people outside of the nation of Israel. So they were put, looked down on. But Jesus said, I have to go to Samaria. Why? Because he heard a heart of someone crying. Amen. He heard a heart of someone that's been done wrong. Amen. And he said, I have to go there and deliver this woman. I have to go and set her free, amen. That's what happened to David. All of a sudden, God said, I'm hearing some cries of some people in Lodabar, amen. And so David sent for Mephibosheth. And so Mephibosheth comes. He falls before, uh, you know, the king, probably thinking that the king was going to take his life, amen. But David said to him, listen to this. Oh, I feel the presence of the Lord. Listen, if this is just for one person, I thank God it's just for one person. Because I know God's going to do something for just the one person. Amen? Because it's like you can only get so far and something keeps on dragging you back. How many understand what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like, it's like you get so far and you feel like you're just there and you're going to get set free from this and going to get healed from it and everything and all of a sudden it's like a rubber band that just pops you back. Amen? But listen to what David, David said, do not fear. Woo, hallelujah. Amen? For I will surely show you, the kind, show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake. Amen? Hallelujah. How many are thankful that the kindness of God is a great thing to have in your life? Amen. He says, I'm going to show kindness to you. Amen. Now, track with me on this story. He's in Lodabar. Okay. He was a boy at five years old. Now he's a grown man. All right. Many years in Lodabar. He says, I'm going to show you kindness for Jonathan's sake. And then he says this. I will restore to you all, <laughs> amen, I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, amen, and listen to this, I'm going to restore to you everything that you should have as far as what your family, Saul's, you know, possessions should be. I'm going to give that all to you, okay? Everybody say Restoration. It says, I'm going to give you all that you lost. 
Amen. All that you lost. He said, I'm going to give that to you. Then listen to this. He says, and you shall eat bread continually at my table. Oh, I feel the Lord on this. Woo! I do feel the Lord on this. He says, I'm going to give you everything that, you're, that, 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 that belongs to your family, amen? And you're going to eat, at, eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed down, listen to him. He bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? Listen to me, when you live in Lodabar for so many years, it has an effect on the way that you perceive yourself. Amen. He bowed down and says, what are you doing this? You know, why, 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 why are you showing me this? Why are you doing this to such a dead dog as I? Because when you keep on living in Lodabar, it starts affecting the way you think. It starts affecting the way that you perceive yourself. Amen. And what he was saying is that he said, no, 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 no. He says, listen to me. I'm a dead dog. I'm dead to all that. I've been dead to that for years. Amen. I've been stuck out there in this place. There's been no hope. There's been no word. I was driven out of my family since I was five years old. I haven't seen none of my family since I was five years old. So, so why are you trying to give me hope? Why are you trying to give encouragement to me? Amen. I mean, no, God can restore everything. Look at your neighbor and say, God can restore everything. Amen. Isn't God good? I feel the Lord on this. He said, listen to me. He said, no, no, no. He says, listen to me. I have given up all hope. Because I was in Lodabar. I was in a place to where you don't get to go back and get everything that you lost. But God, everybody say, but God. Thank God, amen. He said, I'm, I'm, he said listen to me, I'm a dead dog. And then he, he called, then the king said to Ziba, come over, Ziba. Saul's servant and said to him, I have given your master's son, I have given Mephibosheth all that belonged to Saul and to all of his house. And he told Ziba, he said, you, Ziba, take your so you, therefore, your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. Amen? So he kind of ignored that. He kind of ignored that dead dog mentality. And he said, listen to me. I'm going to do this for you. Amen? And he says, so I want you to work the land and, and, and so that your master may have feed. And then he, once again, he says, but for Mephibosheth, your master's son, he shall eat bread at my table always. <laughs> Isn't God good? Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants, and Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servant, so your servant will do. As for Mephibosheth, the king says, ask more for me. listen. Now listen to this. You have to listen to this next statement, okay? Twice he said he's going to eat at the king's table. He's going to eat at my table continually. Twice he said that. Now listen to this last thing. As for Mephibosheth, amen, said the king, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, you, you didn't, you, did, you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? 
Listen to me. God is a God of full restoration. Everybody say full restoration. All of a sudden, he's in Lodabar, a place to where nobody gets out of anything. Amen? Where nobody gets healed from anything. All of a sudden, he's brought back into the palace. Everybody say the palace. He was brought in back, back into the place of plenty. Amen? You understand what I'm talking about? And he was given everything that was supposed to oh, that he was supposed to always have that belonged to his family. Amen. Hallelujah. But God, listen, God doesn't stop until it's all the way done. Amen. Because in this last statement, when he said, and he's gonna sit at the king's table and he's gonna be eating bread just like he's my son. Yeah. Woo! Listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. You gotta listen to me. You know what David said? You know what David was saying in that statement? David put him back in line. If anything was to happen to King David, if anything was to happen to King David's son Solomon, guess who's going to be the next in line to be king? Woo! Hallelujah. Everybody say full restoration. Full healing. Amen. Listen to me, whatever you lost, God's ready to restore it, amen? Whatever has been done to you, God's ready just to deliver you from it, to heal you from it. He's ready to give it all back to you, amen? All of a sudden, this guy was out in a place where he had no hope. You know, he didn't. He, there was no communication. There was no voices and everything. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, someone shows up and says, the king wants to see you, amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me, listen to me, church. You have an invitation from the king to come out of Lodabar. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. For full restoration, amen. God wants to restore you, amen. He wants to give back to you everything that you lost. And listen to me, I can hear it. I can hear it going in your thoughts. How, how, how is he going to do that? I don't know how. I know he can. <laughs> Amen? I don't know how, but I know he can. Amen? And you say, well, how do you know he can? Because I read this story right here. He restored to him everything. Amen? Even to the point he said, you're my son now. Hallelujah. If anything happens to me, if anything happens to Solomon, you're next in line, so just get ready. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. Everybody say total restoration. Woo! I feel this. Hallelujah. Mm. Isn't God good? Come on, isn't God good? Ooh, hallelujah. Ooh. Listen to me, this is huge in the body of Christ because everybody's been done wrong, and some people have been done wrong seriously. Amen. And sometimes, you know, we learn to cope with it. I want to ask you an honest question. How is your coping with it? Amen. How are you doing with your coping with what happened? Amen. Because we do learn to cope with it. But how many know even when we learn to cope, however way we want to cope with it, it still doesn't do anything for us. Amen. How many of you still wake up and it's still there? Amen. How many understand what I'm talking about? It's still there. Amen. But I'm here to let you know that not only is there physical healing, but there's emotional healing. Amen. I'm here to let you know that God can heal your 
broken heart, your crushed spirit, and your damaged and wounded emotions, amen. I'm here to let you know that our God is a God of full restoration, amen. Hallelujah. Woo! My, 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 my. I'm here to let you know that God is ready to take you from what's called sustaining power to delivering power. Amen? Listen, we are thankful for God sustaining us when we're in Lodabar. Amen? Listen to me. Let's go over to Acts chapter 3. Amen? Young people, listen to me. Some of you young people here, wow. Wow. The effects of others is, 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 is affecting you so bad. Amen? No wonder we, we, the, we have generations that grow up with no hope. They just keep growing up with no hope because of what's been done to them. Their lives are just ruined, just wrecked, and just, you know, it's like it's just a mess. How I many know we got people in the church that are gloriously saved, but they're messed up? Amen. They want to get to Bethel. That's what the Lord told me. Today the Lord told me they want to get there, but what's keeping them from there is that they need to come to the place of full restoration. And I come to agree to you tonight there's full restoration for you. Amen. I believe when we come and pray hands for you, on you. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I'm believing it. Amen. Acts chapter 3, from sustaining power to delivering power. Amen. Everybody say that with me. From sustaining power to delivering power. Amen. Listen to this. Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man was lame from his mother's womb. He was what? And he's a man. Amen. So there was a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb, whom they carried daily at the gave to the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Okay? He was lame from his mother's womb. Okay? They took him to the gate beautiful. Everybody say the gate beautiful. Do you know what that means? Do you know what the gate beautiful means? The gate beautiful means the right time gate. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that. I'm going to say that again. The gate beautiful is interpreted into the right time gate, the right place gate. Amen. This guy was laid at the right time gate every day, the right place gate every day. Amen. And he was asking alms. Okay. And the Lord sustained him. People would be generous to them. Amen. And they would give him money to be able to survive for that day. But yet, when it come the next day, he had to come back out and be laid at that gate again. Amen? All of a sudden, here comes Peter and John. Amen? And the Lord says, the right time. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the right time. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the right place. Amen? And all of a sudden, Peter and John, you know, you know the story, they come up and, and they look down at this man. And they said, look at us. And so he, the scripture says that he was looking at them, knowing and believing that they was, he was going to get something from them, to receive something from them. Peter said, listen to me, silver and gold we do not have. You know what Peter is really saying? We don't have something just to sustain you no more. 
Woo! We have something to deliver you out of this thing. Hallelujah. We have something to deliver you out of this thing. Amen? Peter said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have. Hallelujah. Amen? But what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Amen? And he reached out and grabbed him by the hand, and he jerked up. He stood up. Amen? And started walking, leaping, and jumping. I'm telling you, it's time for you to rise up. Amen? Hallelujah. It's time for you just to jump up out of that thing. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm here to let you know that God is wants to get you from sustaining you to where you are delivered from that thing. Amen? Hallelujah. And the full effects of that thing. Amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me. Both of these guys, if you were to ask them that morning if they thought their days were going to change like that, both of them would sit there and go, no, that's not going to happen. Some of you here right now, you keep on telling yourself, it's not going to happen for me. But I'm here to let you know it is going to happen for you. Amen. I'm just telling you right now, if you just come down here when it comes time to pray full honesty and said, you know, listen to me. I've had people do me wrong. Amen. Amen. You know what the ministry's like, don't you? You know, you, you, you know how people do you wrong in the ministry. And then how it affects your children and how it affects your grandchildren. I got a daughter right here that, that, that has gone through years uh, of watching people do stuff to her dad as a pastor. Amen. I got a son that walked away from the church because of that. Amen. I got a son out there that, that, that he has this thinking and, and, and he says, no, no, no. He says, listen to me. He says, I know you and mom is the real deal. I know you guys are the real deal. Amen. But he says, I don't trust any other Christians. Because he saw everything that they did to, the, to, to his dad. They heard all the lies that they spoke over his dad. Amen. He, he, he was... Listen to me, and this is a serious thing. There is people that won't come to church because they've been hurt by the church. The church dropped them. Amen. And he would hear horrible things said about his dad, that none of it was true. But you want to know what? He's coming back. <laughs> He's going to get back in line for the ministry. Did you hear me? He's going to get back in line for the ministry. My daughter has stayed with me. She has ministry all over her. Amen. And so does my son. My son has so much ministry. My son ministers out there to people. My son, he worked at, 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 uh, at a place where he works. He makes real good money. He works at an architectural firm and makes real good money. And so, uh, you know, this one lady that, uh, that was working with him, uh, you know, so I'm going to go test this church out. He goes, yeah, you need to go. Even though he doesn't go, he tells people that you need to go. And so, so this lady comes back on Monday. He goes, hey, how was it? And she goes, I'm not going back. And my son goes, why aren't you going back? Because my son knows that, okay, something's going on in your heart that you just took wrong. And he goes, he goes, he goes okay, why aren't you going back? And she goes, well, because that preacher was just preaching at me. 
And so my son goes, okay, how many people were there at that church? How many? She said it was about three to five, three to five thousand people because it's a big church. And so my so my son goes, so you're thinking that this pastor that has three to five thousand people knew you were coming this Sunday, okay, and got this word because you were going to be there. So he can just nail you with that. So you think that's what happened? And she goes, well, that's what it felt like. And he looked at her and said, you need to go back there, okay? That doesn't happen, amen? You just need to go back there. You know what? She took his word and went back. And now she's been there for like four or five years, amen? Because listen to me, you, you, you know, there's, listen to me, there's nothing like church hurt, amen? Your parents of this pastor, You've gone through a lot of hurt over things that have happened to him. You're a mother, right? And you're a father, right? You stay silent a lot, but it hurts. Amen? Because I know it does hurt. But I'm telling you right now, God has healing for each and every one of us. Amen? You've gone through a lot of hurt. Amen? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm just telling you, you know, there's nothing like church hurt. Amen. There's just nothing like church hurt. But I'm telling you, God is a God of restoration. I'm telling you, listen to me. How many of you are tired of being sustained? Okay, I got two of you. Okay. My mic stopped working. How many of you are tired of being sustained? How many of you want to be delivered from it? I mean, how many of you want to come up out of Lodabar? How many of you want everything that you should have always had? Throughout your whole life, amen? And listen to me, you got to get off the thing of how can he do that? I don't know how. I know he can, <laughs> okay? I know what he's done for me. I'm one of them stories, you know. Listen to me, uh, you know, when I went down to Brownsville, about all, every time I went down to Brownsville, it was every pastor's conference. They had a couple, and, and I couldn't believe it. One time they called me before the pastor's conference. A pastor's conference, and they said, listen to me, you know, can you kind of stay home this time and don't, don't come? Because we got other ministers that really want to come, and, and it keeps on filling up. And I thought, doggone it. So I stayed home. I didn't like it, but I stayed home. But listen to me, I went down to a lot of them pastor's conferences because there's nothing like church hurt. We became pastors in March of 1995. March of 1995, I became pastor, Okay. I became a pastor of this little church. It was just a little church. It was a run-down church, but it was a little church, but the Lord called us to do it. Amen. We had some of our closest friends come to help us. I mean, as closest friends, I mean, like one of the families lived right next door to us. Amen. And they felt the call to come to help us. In July of 1995, when I became pastor, listen to me. When I became pastor, I said, God, I don't want to have a church like any other church. And not that I put down any other church. I just don't want a church like any other church. I had this thinking, why, if there's a McDonald's two miles down the road, why build a McDonald's next to another McDonald's two, you know, two or three miles? I just wanted something different. Amen? And probably because I was raised in a revival church, and so all of a sudden I got hold of a book called Good, Hor Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn, and, 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 and I started reading about Catherine Kuhlman. I grew up with Catherine Kuhlman. That lady was fun. Amen, just a glory on her. And so when I read that book, I said, God, I got to have this. I just got to have this. 
And so for, for March, April, May, June, July, I was chasing. I was, I was just so hungry for this. And then all of a sudden, July of 1995, on a Sunday night service, if you were, the, if you were to say to me, God's going to show up in this house on this night, I would say, no, it ain't going to happen. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden on Sunday night, because, you know, it's a small church, and so you know, I can't really sing that good, but I was leading worship. <laughs> you can sing good, you know. I always ask the Lord, why didn't you make me a worship leader? Because I love music. Amen? Because when I was out in the world, I would sing to, you know, all them worldly songs. Amen? And I thought, Lord, just, but the Lord told me, if I would have done that to you, you probably wouldn't even come back when you needed to come back. Amen? Because I would have probably got hooked up with some rock and roll group, you know what I'm talking about, and just done something. Amen? (laughs) But I can sing good in the shower. You should have been in our room last night. I was so drunk in the spirit. There was something, uh, every time I went into the restroom, I started laughing. I would just start laughing. They're standing stand on the outside. Zoe's going, Papa's in there laughing. And Tiffany's going, yeah, he's in there laughing. I was just laughing. I was just laughing. Some strange things happened in there, but I was just laughing. <clears throat> Amen? But you should have been there. It was glorious. Listen, I was so, I was so drunk and so gone that, that you, you got to listen to this. I was, I mean, I was gone. I'm, I'm a light sleeper, and I really don't need a lot of sleep. I really don't, but I'm a light sleeper. Anything I hear, I wake up. Well, I guess some big storm come through. Did you have a big storm? Did it wake you up? Didn't wake me up, and that's, that doesn't happen. So I get up this morning, I get down there, and, and so Brian's already up, and Wesley's there, and they go, man, did you hear that storm? I said, what? I said, there was no storm. Oh, yeah, there was. I said, no, there wasn't. I said, no, there wasn't. They said, yeah, the electricity went off. I said, no, it did not. It didn't go off in our room. Maybe something happened in your room. And he said, no, it went off. I said, no, it didn't, because I'm, I know I would wake up, amen. But I was so in the glory, I slept through all that. I slept through our fan going off. I got up. When I got up, I looked, and the clock was flashing like 2.23. I thought, wow, that looks strange. <laughs> it's like, what? But strange things were happening all night, amen? <laughs> because I tell you, I was drunk, amen? I was drunk. <laughs> and I can feel it coming on me now, amen? So where was I at? Huh? Church hurt. Yep, church hurt. There's nothing like church hurt. Amen. But listen to me. I'm here to let you know that God's a God of restoration. God's a God that can heal and restore. Amen. You know it. He knows where you are. He has you on his radar. Mephibosheth was in Lodabar. Lodabar is about 50 or 100 miles away from Jerusalem. Amen. And I'm here to let you know that God wants to heal you totally from the effects of what other people has done to you. Amen. Some of you might have experienced really horrible things, and I don't even want to talk about the different things. You just know what I'm talking about. Amen. You know, I told you not too long ago that I had two men try to do something to me. Two different men try to do something to me. Thank God it wasn't successful, but I did. 
You understand what I'm talking about? I don't want to go into no details, but you understand what I'm talking about? One of them was a godly man. One was a godly man that, that was on radio up in uh, Kansas City, and I got connected to him, and I do the radio program with him. People call in. We had people getting saved, healed, and delivered. Getting, you know, saved, healed, and delivered. Listen to me, okay? And so me and my dad was going through some friction times, you know, just, you know, like any you know, family, you know, I'm talking about. And so he said, why don't you come over and just stay in my house for a while, you know, for maybe for a week and let it just kind of calm down. I thought, okay. So I go over to this, you know, after the, the radio show. We, we left the radio show. People were getting saved, healed, and delivered. And man, I went to his house the first night. And I'm sitting there ready, going to bed. And I get into the bedroom and everything. And so I'm in there, and all of a sudden the door opens. And I thought that was kind of odd. Amen. And so he proceeded to come over. And this guy was a godly man. Amen. And then I knew exactly what he had in his mind. I said, you better get out of this room. Because trust me, I was saved, but I, I mean, no, you're saved, but then that old nature comes back up in you. Has anybody ever had your old nature come back up in you? I had my old nature come back. I said, dude, you do anything to me, I'll knock you out. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. You know, so because when I was out there, I was out there. Amen. And thank God he didn't do anything. And so the next, I, 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 in fact, I got up early the next morning. I just packed my stuff up and I got, I, that so shocked me. It really shocked me because I, I know people got saved, healed, and delivered with, through this guy. Amen. So we all have had people do us wrong. Listen, I'm sharing that because. I know people have had people do them wrong, amen? But I do know that God's a God of restoration. I do know that God wants to deliver you from the effects of everything, amen? Amen? Yes, you have forgiven them, or maybe you can't forgive them, or haven't come to the place of forgiving them, amen? But I'm here to let you know that God can give you the strength to forgive them, amen? And to be healed, amen? Mephibosheth was in Lodabar. God restored him tremendously, even back into kingship. Amen. The man at the gate, beautiful, he's at the right time. Everybody say the right time and the right place. Some of you are going, you have been coming. You have been prayed for and prayed for and prayed for. The Lord has sustained you and sustained you and sustained you. Amen. But I'm here to tell you it's time for you to be delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to let you know it's time for you to be delivered. It's, the Lord doesn't want to sustain you no more. He wants to deliver you. Amen. The Lord doesn't necessarily want to sustain you no more. He wants to restore everything back to you. Everything that you lost, He wants to give it back to you. Amen. Because there's a cry inside of everyone's heart. The Lord talked to me. There's a cry. They want to get to Bethel. They want to get into the glory. They want to get in the presence of God. And so they go and they try to get there and they get touched. But then this thing keeps on affecting them. Amen. Mephibosheth never had to go back to Lodabar. 
Did you hear me? He never had to go back to that place. Amen. God has such a healing for you, you don't have to keep going back to that place in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your feelings. Because that's where it all gets stirred up all the time. Amen. You go, you have a, 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 a few good days, and then all of a sudden that thing comes back upon you. And all of a sudden it starts affecting you again. And all of a sudden you start feeling depressed. And you start feeling oppressed. And you feel like you're held captive by this thing. Amen? But I'm here to let you know God's ready to just set you free. <laughs> and to heal you. Amen? I feel the Lord stand with me if you would. Woo! 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 Go ahead and move the chairs. Let's go ahead and move the chairs.